And again, welcome everybody to tonight's Zoom cast on Isaiah chapters 18 plus. God makes his people mighty even unto the power of deliverance. And starting in verse 1 of chapter 18, woe to the land of buzzing wings. Now, the land of buzzing wings in Isaiah, in the 18th chapter of Isaiah, is Egypt. And Egypt is um, a metaphor and historical precedent for the United States of America. Beyond the rivers, rivers of Cush, which sends emissaries by sea in swift crafts in swift craft across the water. They say, go speedily, you messengers. Go to a people perpetually on the move. A nation dreaded far and wide, a people continually infringing whose rivers have annexed their lands. Uh, you know, this is talking about Assyria. And that um, the United States and its leaders are in communication with the Assyrians and king of Assyria. All you who live in the world, you inhabitants of the earth, look to the ensign. When it is lifted up in the mountains, heed the trumpet when sounded. All right, the ensign in verse 3 has reference to the Lord's end-time servant. When it is lifted up in the mountains or the nations. Or in other words... Um, God's people among all the nations of the entire earth will have the opportunity to hear the fullness of the gospel and accept it and thereby qualify for deliverance from bondage and from destruction. And again, the trumpet when sounded is the message of the doctrine of Christ and the new and everlasting covenant, which is you know, sent forth by the Lord's end time servant. Verse four, for thus said Jehovah to me, I will watch in silence over my dwelling place. When the searing heat overtakes the reapers and when the rain clouds appear amid the fever of reaping, my dwelling place uh, has reference to uh, the United States of America. And as a cross-reference, you know, the same place that's introduced in verse 1, the land of, <coughs> the land of buzzing wings. And in ether, You know, the Lord, um, in talking to the brother of Jared about the land that he is going to take him to, declares that he is going to take him to a land that is choice above all other lands, that is set aside as a place of freedom for um, 
God's covenant people and the coming forth of the fullness of the gospel. I will watch in silence over my dwelling place. So the, the work of destruction of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, is going to cover um, the land of the United States of America. When the searing heat, the searing heat being the destructive power of the king of Assyria and king of Babylon overtakes the reapers. When the rain clouds appear amid the fever of reaping. All right. You know, the reapers are the gatherers, but these aren't the Lord's gatherers. Um, these are counterfeit gatherers. Um, you know, both those who would proclaim uh, political authority and political deliverance and those who would proclaim that they have power and authority from God um, to deliver the people from uh, the powers of the adversary. However, they're not called, nor are they sent, or are they empowered by God. For before, before the harvest, when the time of flowering is past, and the set blossoms are developing into young fruit, they will cut down the fruit-bearing twigs with knives and remove the new branches by slashing. All shall be left to the birds of prey of the mountains and to the beasts of the land. The birds of prey will feed on them all summer and the beasts of the land all winter. Now let's, let's cross-reference DNC 45. Verse 1, hearken, O ye people of my church, to whom the kingdom has been given. Hearken ye and give ear to him who laid the foundation of the earth, who made the heavens and all the hosts thereof, and by whom all things were made, which live and move and have a being. <clears throat> and again I say, hearken unto my voice, lest death shall overtake you in an hour when ye think not, the summer shall be past. And the harvest ended and your souls not saved. Listen to him who is the advocate with the father who is pleading your cause before him. Saying, Father, behold the suffering and death of him who did no sin. In whom thou wast well pleased. Behold the blood of the son which was shed. And the blood of him whom thou gavest that thyself might be glorified. Wherefore, Father, spare these my brethren that believe on my name that they may come unto me and have everlasting life. Hearken, O ye people of my church, and ye elders listen together and hear my voice while it is called today, and harden not your hearts. In verse 8, And I came unto mine own, and mine own received me not, but unto as many as received me, gave I power to do many miracles, and to become the sons of God, and even unto them that believed on my name, gave I power to obtain eternal life. Now, let's cross-reference verse 8 with um, 3 Nephi chapter 9. And again, to those that received me, gave I power to become the sons of God. 
a direct reference to the doctrine of Christ. Third Nephi 9, verse 17. And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. Well, what does that mean? And how is it that we are to receive him? Verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. This is how God's people are to receive him. They're to make the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which at a bare minimum means placing everything upon the altar and specifically seeking and inquiring what God would have us do individually to fully offer up the sacrifice and thus enter into the new and everlasting covenant. And in return, Christ promises, and whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And therefore, they become God's sons and God's daughters through this formal adoption ceremony of the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Back in DNC 45, verse 8. I came unto mine own, and mine own received me not. But unto as many as received me, and we just read the definition of what it means to receive Jesus Christ, to offer as a sacrifice our broken heart and contrite spirit as he has instructed us. Gave I power to do many miracles and to become the sons of God. And even unto them that believed on my name, gave I power to obtain eternal life. And even so, I have sent mine everlasting covenant. My everlasting covenant is what we just read in Third Nephi chapter 9. And a covenant is comprised of two oaths. An oath that God, man makes to God and an oath that God gives back to man. And both of these oaths are given um, by God. Man's oath is a broken heart, contrite spirit. God's oath is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And even so have I sent my everlasting covenant into the world to be a light to the world and to be a standard for my people. All right, the standard for my people is the message of the Lord's end time servant. And it has a direct link also to in Isaiah 18, verse 3. All you who live in the world, you inhabitants of the earth, look to the ensign. Okay, the ensign is the end time servant who bears the standard and thus becomes a standard to the people because he bears the doctrine of Christ. And for the Gentiles, for the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to seek to it. Now, this is talking about Joseph in his second ministry and when he will restore again the fullness of the gospel to the earth, open the heavens um, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And to be a messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. Again, the Lord's end time servant is a type of Jesus Christ himself who prepares the way before the coming of Jesus Christ. 
And verse 10, wherefore come unto it, and with him that cometh, I will reason as with men in days of old. I will show unto you my strong reasoning, for the windows of revelation will be open, and my people will open their ears to hear and their hearts to understand. Thus, as we read in DNC 45, verse 45, um, you know, regarding the wise and foolish virgins, the wise virgins are those who take the Holy Spirit as their guide. Therefore, they find the truth and are not deceived. Verses 56 and 57. And at that day, when I shall come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the ten virgins. For they that are wise and have received the truth, and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide, and have not been deceived, verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, but shall abide the day. And so, um, God's strong reasoning will come by way of uh, the Holy Spirit and God's people taking the Holy Spirit as their guide. Therefore, they will be instructed in the ways of the Lord. Back in Isaiah 18, verse 3. All you who live in the world, you inhabitants of the earth, look to the ensign, the end time servant, when it is lifted up in the mountains and heed the trumpet when sounded, because you know, the, the trumpet is the declaration of the end time servant of the fullness of the gospel and to God's people from among all nations to come out of them and join the end time exodus. And back in verse five, for before the harvest, when the time of flowering is past and the set blossoms are developing into young fruit. So here again, you know, we're talking about the land of United States of America, and we're talking about, you know, the Jacob Israel people, you know, God's covenant people who have not yet fully entered into covenant with him. And the bringing forth of young fruit or the bringing forth of ripe fruit and good fruit is that God's people offer up as a sacrifice a broken heart and contrite spirit. And so as God's people are developing into young fruit, they aren't yet spiritually mature. Um, they are on the path, but they have not yet taken the Holy Spirit as their guide. And therefore, they're not yet in a position to find the truth and not be deceived. But this is you know, by their own doing. Um, because the fullness of the gospel is laid before them in the scriptures of the restoration. The doctrine of Christ is recapitulated over and over throughout the Book of Mormon. And the prophecies of the end times um, are given both in the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants and other records of scripture. And those who have the spirit and you know, read the scriptures with the spirit begin to wake up and qualify 
to receive the fullness of the gospel from God's end time, you know, servant, you know, but, you know, there are those who enter in and cut down the fruit bearing twigs with knives and remove the new branches by slashing. And I would liken this unto those who proclaim to be prophets, but speak not by the power and authority of God and um, issue the constant drumbeat to follow them even blindly and to get the vaccine, which will ultimately result in their death. And because of the doctrines they preach, it hardens the hearts of those who would be God's people. And thus, they will cut down the fruit-bearing twigs with knives and remove the new branches by slashing. All shall be left to the birds of prey, of the mountains, and to the beasts of the land, and the birds of prey will feed on them all summer, and the beasts of the land all winter. Um, again, because of the false preachings of both political and religious leaders, the, the people of the land are left defenseless and are left as lambs who go to the slaughter by the ravening wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. Verse 7, at that time shall tribute be brought to Jehovah of hosts from a nation perpetually on the move, from a nation dreaded far and wide, a people continually infringing, whose rivers have annexed their lands to the place of the name of Jehovah of hosts, Mount Zion. Now, at first glance, this could be confusing. A nation perpetually on the move. That refers to the Assyrians. But in Isaiah, among the Assyrians are the lost ten tribes of Israel, who historically were carried away by the Assyrians into the north countries. And so the ten tribes of Israel, you know, at that time when the United States will begin to be cut down, and its people destroyed. Um, the lost ten tribes shall offer a tribute unto Jehovah of hosts. Um, in other words, they will be seeking after the Lord their God and to be delivered from the bondage that they have come under. And they will be led out on an end time exodus to the place of the name of Jehovah of hosts, Mount Zion, which is the city of New Jerusalem. And we know that New Jerusalem is established after the end time servant returns on the scene, gathers out the strength of the Lord's house, leads them on an end time exodus. <clears throat> on this end time exodus, uh, a missionary force is sent out to separate the wheat from the tares among the Lamanites and the entire Gentile nation. And New Jerusalem is established. 
And so the lost 10 tribes aren't going to be gathered out until New Jerusalem is established. Because once New Jerusalem is established, um, there will be men who will have ascended to the king and priest level, which is to have the second order or patriarch lord of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon them, who will then be sent to the four corners of the earth, including to the lost 10 tribes, to gather them in and lead them on an exodus, or exoduses will be led um, by the kings and priests uh, unto the city of New Jerusalem. Isaiah 19. An oracle or prophecy concerning Egypt, or a prophecy concerning the United States of America. So um, the narrative concerning the United States continues. When Jehovah enters Egypt, riding on swift clouds, the idols of Egypt will rock at his presence, and the Egyptians' hearts melt within them. Um, this has two references, both to uh, Christ coming to the temples in New Jerusalem, once New Jerusalem has been established, which we have reference to in Isaiah 18. And also, um, on the end time exodus, the, present, the presence of the Lord will go be up before those people. And so if we go to DNC 103. Verse 15. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. This is the end time servant. As Moses led the children of Israel has direct reference to an end time exodus. For ye are the children of Israel in the seed of Abraham, and ye must needs be led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. Power and a stretched out arm, both Isaiah references to the end time servant. And as your fathers were led at the first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Reiterating again that Zion will be redeemed through an end time exodus to be led by the end time servant. Therefore, let your, not your hearts faint. For I say not unto you as I said unto your fathers, mine angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. But I say unto you, mine angel shall go up before you and also my presence. And in time you shall possess the goodly land. So, God's presence going up before the people doesn't mean that Christ is going to come down and participate uh, in the earthly exodus personally. It means that those on the end time exodus who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, will be worked with by the angels or those of the 144,000 who have been sent to gather the elect to the church of the firstborn, as is outlined in DNC 77. <clears throat> Or in other words, to work with those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to help them enter into the rest of the Lord. And thus they become members of the church of the firstborn, and thus they qualify to enter into the gates of New Jerusalem. And that is how God goes up before his people on the Exodus and the Exoduses. Um, so we have... God's people entering into his rest while in the Exodus, thus qualifying to enter into New Jerusalem. Once they enter New Jerusalem, 
um, at some point, Christ will come and visit his people in the temples there. Isaiah 19. So a prophecy concerning United States of America. When Jehovah enters Egypt, riding on swift clouds, the idols of Egypt will rock at his presence, and the Egyptians' hearts melt within them. I will stir up the Egyptians against the Egyptians. They will fight brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, state against state. Egypt's spirit will be drained from within. I will frustrate their plans, and they will resort to the idols and to spiritists, to mediums and witchcraft. Let me read these two verses again, um, substituting the United States. I will stir up Americans against Americans. They will fight brother against brother and neighbor against neighbor, city against city, state against state. America's spirit will be drained from within. I will frustrate their plans, and they will resort to the idols and to spiritists, to mediums and witchcrafts. Verse 4, then will I deliver the Egyptians or the Americans into the hand of a cruel master. A harsh ruler will subject them, says the Lord Jehovah of hosts. So this hand of a cruel master is um, leadership, uh, political leadership of America. And this hand of a cruel master, this cruel master will be in league with the king of a Babylon, king of Assyria, for the destruction of his own people. The waters of the lake shall ebb away as the stream beds become desolate and dry. The river shall turn foul and Egypt's waterways recede and dry up. Reeds and rushes shall wither. Vegetation adjoining canals and estuaries and all things sown along irrigation channels shall shrivel and blow away and be no more. All right, both water and plant here are metaphors for the inhabitants of Egypt or of America. So the people of America shall ebb away as stream beds desolate and dry. So this is prophesying of the destruction of the people of America. The river shall turn foul and Egypt's waterways recede and dry up. Reeds and rushes shall wither, again representing people in America. Vegetation, again, people in America, adjoining canals and estuaries, and all things sown along irrigation channels shall shrivel and blow away and be no more. Fishermen will deplore their lot and anglers in canals bemoan themselves. Those who cast nets on water will be in misery. Manufacturers of combed linen and weavers of fine fabrics will be dismayed. The textile workers will know despair, and all who work for wages suffer distress. So, um, again, you know, America, which had been a mighty... Uh, economic force in the world. Um, her engine of economic might is going to grind to a halt. And the people 
will be left destitute. Um, you know, certainly we can see, you know, a partial fulfillment of this in Biden's declaration that, you know, all businesses with more than 100 workers, uh, their workers are forced to get the vaccines to keep their jobs, even though courts have temporarily <coughs> halted the implementation. Um, at some point, we will see bondage like this going forward. And it will go forward beyond uh, companies with 100 workers. And, you know, this is the development of that mark, which is of the beast. Verse 11, the ministers of Zoan are utter fools. Now, here we're talking about um, major historic cities of Egypt or of America. And um, we're representing uh, Zoan and uh, Naf or Washington, D.C., and New York City. The ministers of Zoan are utter fools. The wisest of Pharaoh's advisors give absurd counsel. How can you say to Pharaoh, and of course, Pharaoh here uh, represents the president of the United States. So the ministers of America or those who develop policy for America Ministers could also be um, senators and congressmen, and those who you know work in government, um, governors and mayors. The ministers of Zoan of America are utter fools. The wisest of the president of the United States of America's advisors give absurd counsel. How can you say to the president of the United States, we ourselves are wise as the first rulers? Or, you know, we will replace the separation of um, powers instituted by the Constitution of the United States, and we will replace individual liberty and freedom with tyranny. We ourselves are as wise as the first rulers. We will replace the Constitution of the United States. Where are your wise men indeed? Let them please tell you, if they can discern it, what Jehovah of hosts has in mind for Egypt. You know, for they themselves are placating the king of Assyria, king of Egypt, thinking that they have bought themselves deliverance from bondage and destruction, um, even while selling out their country. But they will find that not only did they sell out their country, but also themselves, and they, in fact, are going to bring destruction and bondage, not only upon the people, but also upon themselves. <clears throat> Where are your wise men indeed? Let them please tell you if they can discern it, what Jehovah of hosts has in mind for Egypt. The ministers of Zoan have been foolish. 
the officials of Noth deluded. The heads of state have led Egypt astray. Jehovah has permitted them with a spirit of, or permeated them with a spirit of confusion. They have misled Egypt in all that it does, causing it to stagger like a drunkard in its into his vomit. There shall be nothing the Egyptians can do about it, neither head nor tail, palm top nor reed. Or Jehovah has permeated them, the leaders of the United States of America, with a spirit of confusion, talking of both political and religious leadership. They have misled America in all that it does, causing America to stagger like a drunkard into his vomit. And there shall be nothing the American citizens can do about it because it's now too late. Neither head nor tail, palm top nor reed. Um, let's cross-reference Isaiah 9, 4 through 6, where we get the definition of palm top and reed. Therefore, verse 14 in Isaiah 9, Jehovah will cut off from Israel head and tail, palm top and reed in a single day. The elders or notables are the head, or in other words, the political leaders, the prophets who teach falsehoods, the tale. The leaders of these people have misled them, and those who are led are confused. So, going back to Isaiah 19. And there will be nothing the citizens of America can do about it, uh, neither political um, leader nor religious leader because they're all in on it. They've all conspired for the destruction of the peoples of the United States of America. In that day, the Egyptians will be as a woman, fearful and afraid at the brandishing hand Jehovah of hosts wields over them this brandishing hand is a metaphor for the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and his work of destruction. The land of Judah shall become a source of terror to the Egyptians. All reminded of it shall dread what Jehovah of hosts has in store for them. So, um, in this context, the land of Judah shall um, or represents those lands which have been conquered and destroyed by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And uh, America will be very aware of the destruction that has preceded the shores and has now come to them. Verse 18, in that day, Five Hebrew-speaking cities in the land of Egypt will swear loyalty to Jehovah of hosts. One shall be known as the city of righteousness. So there will be those among God's people in America who will qualify for deliverance from destruction and deliverance from the bondage that they find themselves in. And 
Zion is established on the eve of destruction when the end time servant um, gathers out the strength of the Lord's house for the end time exodus. And this end time exodus again culminates in meeting up with Enoch, the return of his city and establishing New Jerusalem. So the city of righteousness commences with the calling out of the Latter-day Saints and establishing Zion on the end time exodus and carries on until New Jerusalem is established. In that day, there shall be an altar erected to Jehovah in the midst of the land of Egypt and a monument to Jehovah at its border. They shall serve as a sign and testimony of Jehovah of hosts in the land of Egypt. Again, this is the first of all the exoduses that will commence and the first of the two capitals which will be established even New Jerusalem. They shall serve as a sign and testimony of Jehovah of hosts in the land of Egypt when they cry out to Jehovah because of the oppressors. So God's people will be in bondage, even though who's who qualify as the strength of his house. However, he will deliver them and he will deliver them from bondage and from destruction. When they cry out to Jehovah because of the oppressors, because of the tyranny of their own political and religious leaders who are in league with the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, he will send them a savior who will take up their cause and deliver them. Now this savior, let's go back to DNC 103. <clears throat> Verse eight. Verse seven. And this is speaking um, to, or this is the Lord speaking to the servants who return with Joseph and all of those who have desires to serve God and, and draw near him, to him with their lips and with their hearts, um, at least in the beginning. And by hearkening to observe all the words which I, the Lord their God, shall speak unto them, they shall never cease to prevail until the kingdoms of the world are subdued under my feet, and the earth is given unto the saints to possess it forever and ever. But inasmuch as they keep not my commandments and hearken not to observe all my words, the kingdoms of the world shall prevail against them. For they were set to be a light unto the world and to be the saviors of men. And inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are salt that is lost its savor, and is thenceforth good for nothing to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Well, there's at least one uh, of the end time servants who will not fall, um, who will remain true and faithful, and that is God's end time servant, the return of Joseph Smith. And he is of all of those servants. He's the head servant or the you know, co-savior with Jesus Christ of Christ's people. Again, at the end of verse 20, he will send them a savior, the end time servant, who will take up their cause and deliver them. Verse 21, Jehovah will make himself known to the Egyptians and the Egyptians shall know Jehovah in that day. 
They will worship by sacrifice and offerings and make vows to Jehovah and fulfill them. Well, how will the Egyptians know Jehovah? Um, because those who are delivered out of Egypt or out of America uh, are those who receive the new and everlasting covenant, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, thus qualify to receive that level of revelation in the heavens, whereby they might be instructed about how to enter into the rest of the Lord. And thus God will have a people prepared to meet him at his coming. I will make myself known unto the strength of my house. In other words, verse 21. And the strength of my house shall know Jehovah in that day, because this all begins in the United States of America. And from the United States of America, the deliverance and salvation of God's people goes forward to every corner of the earth. They will worship by sacrifice and offerings, even the sacrifice and offering of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might become sons and daughters of Christ and enter into his rest and make vows to Jehovah and fulfill them. Well, a vow here is an oath. And the oath being spoken of is the new, is the vow or oath in the new and everlasting covenant, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And these people will draw close to God, not only with their mouths, but also their hearts, and will prove true and faithful to him, and thus enter into his rest, which will prepare them to also receive him in New Jerusalem when he comes to those temples. Verse 22, Jehovah will smite Egypt. And by smiting, heal it. They will turn back to Jehovah, and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. So it's the very bondage that the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, in, lead, in league with the leaders of the United States, both political and religious. It's this very bondage that will awaken a great many. How many members of the church have awakened since Elder Christofferson um, in the Saturday afternoon session of General Conference lauded UN Agenda 2030 and proclaimed that the goals of the church were in exact alignment with the goals of UN Agenda 2030, which is the plan for global sustainment, which is the plan for global depopulation. How many did that wake up? How many were awakened when Russell M. Nelson um, had his photo shoot, you know, getting uh, whatever version of the vaccine that he received, <coughs> which might've just been saline solution and sent the email out to every member of the church that we, and mention nothing about trusting in God and his priesthood power, that we might be healed and delivered, but instead uh, 
that we should hide behind masks, which do practically nothing, and get the vaccine and trust in our political and medical leaders. It's awakened many. Jehovah will smite Egypt, and by smiting, heal it. They will turn back to Jehovah and will respond to their places, and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. In that day, there shall be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. Okay, this day is after New Jerusalem has been established. <clears throat> and we have men who have ascended the level of king and priest under the direction of Joseph. They will be sent out to gather out the lost ten tribes. This is who is referred to as Assyria or the Assyrians. Assyrians shall come to Egypt, and Egyptians go to Assyria. Um, again, this is, uh, these are end-time servants gathering out Israel from the four corners of the earth, and this specifically the lost ten tribes. And the Egyptians shall labor with the Assyrians. So, uh, God's people uh, will the strength of the Lord's house um, of Ephraim in America will labor side by side with the lost 10 tribes. What is this labor? Um, to finish the work of gathering out um, all of God's people from the four corners of the earth. 24. In that day, Israel shall be the third party to Egypt and to Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. Jehovah of hosts will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. <clears throat> now let's unpack this verse. In that day that New Jerusalem shall be established, and servants sent out to gather out the lost ten tribes and all of Israel, which includes Judah. And there will be kings and queens of the Gentiles or of Ephraim who will be sent to uh, affect the separation of wheat and tares among the Jews. And old Jerusalem will become again a holy city. And the requirement to enter into old Jerusalem will be the same as new Jerusalem to have entered into the rest of the Lord. And so in that day shall Israel shall be the third party. So in this verse, Israel is referring to uh, Judah, uh, the third party to Egypt. So new Jerusalem will first be established in Egypt or um, in America. And then Assyria, or the lost ten tribes, or Israel shall be gathered out and led on an end-time exodus to New Jerusalem, a blessing in the midst of the earth. 25, Jehovah of hosts will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, the work of my hands. And the work of my hands, again, being uh, the Lord's end-time servant, because it's under the direction of the end-time servant, that servants will be sent to gather out Israel back to New Jerusalem on exoduses. And Israel, or and the Jews, when 
old Jerusalem will be again established as a holy city, my inheritance. So God accomplishes the salvation and the deliverance of all peoples who will enter into and keep covenant with him. Isaiah 20. In the year the general who was sent by Sargon, king of Assyria, came to Ashdod and took it by combat. <clears throat> Jehovah had spoken through Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, Go and ungird the sackcloth from your loins and remove the shoes from your feet. And he had done so, going naked and barefoot. Then Jehovah said, Just as my servant Isaiah has gone naked and barefoot for three years, as a sign and portent against Egypt and Cush, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, both young and old, naked and barefoot, with buttocks uncovered, to Egypt's shame. So, um, Isaiah himself is one of the uh, men who serve as historical precedents for the Lord's end time servant. Isaiah being one. King Hezekiah, another. Um, Moses, another. And King Cyrus, the fourth. And so. The Lord will send um, a visible warning to his people, to the people of the United States of America, that they must repent or be destroyed. Verse 5. Men shall be appalled and perplexed at Cush, their hope, and at Egypt, their boast. In that day shall the inhabitants of this isle say, See what has become of those we looked up to, on whom we relied, for help and deliverance from the king of Assyria. How shall we ourselves escape? So, we have nations of the world um, making alliances with and depending on the United States of America and the military of the United States of America for deliverance. And not only will the citizens of the United States of America uh, find that they have been sold out, but also um, all the nations of the earth who have entered into alliances with the United States will find that they have been abandoned and set up um, for the only deliverance, the only salvation is in Jesus Christ through repenting and returning and putting our hope and our faith and our trust in him and not in the arm of flesh. So Egypt um, or the United States of America became the preeminent world's superpower because the United States of America had the blessing of God, but once they 
sufficiently ripened in iniquity and in sin and refuse to repent and return, that hedge of protection uh, will be removed and America and those who rely upon her as a result of the withdrawal of that hedge of protection by God um, will meet destruction. Um, but the theme here is or I should say the same thing is given by Nephi in Nephi chapter 1 halfway through verse 20 but behold I Nephi will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. <clears throat> now, how do we become mighty because of our faith, um, even unto the power of deliverance? And remember, faith is not just belief. Belief and trust are hope. And we have to have hope. We have to have that belief and trust in our God. But faith is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. And so to work on our own um, faith and our ability to exercise faith, to seek after, receive, and act on revelation, um, we will you know, continue the work that we've been doing you know, on opening our ears to hear, our hearts to understand, and our eyes to see to hear and to see the things of the spirit, to receive revelation and visions from God. 